Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We've been working our way through this letter that we know as 1 Peter. That's this incredible letter where Peter is writing to these people that he calls elect exiles, Christians that are suffering. Uh, and at some level, they're suffering for their faith. And he's writing to encourage them in what it looks like to live lives, to face suffering, even at times unjust suffering, in the light of the gospel. What does it look like? How do we do that? Why should we do that? And, and so he writes to encourage them that they have been, by the mercy of God, born again to a living hope, that they have a secure inheritance that is kept for, the, kept for them by the God who keeps them, and that that reality of who they are and what they have in Christ should inform how they live in this world and should inform how they face suffering and how they respond to suffering in this world. And so as we wrap up our study on 1 Peter, uh, I've invited two friends here, Franklin Holbrook and Chris Hervey, uh, and I invited them here specifically because as I think about life in the church in the United States of America, uh, we're all at this point, I think, very well aware that in some ways there's kind of two realities. There's the, the white church and there's the black church. And there are a few examples where, where ethnic diversity has been achieved within the body of Christ. But for a whole host of reasons, uh, a whole host of historic reasons, cultural reasons, theological reasons, a whole host of reasons, there's remained this incredible divide. Uh, and there's been, remained an incredible divide also, I think, as I look at it, in our understanding of how do we face difficulty, how do we face suffering, and remain true to the gospel. And so these two men, Franklin Holbrook, who is currently the president of the NAACP chapter here in Faulkner County, and Chris Hervey, who is former president of the NAACP here in Faulkner County, but more importantly, are faithful brothers in Christ that I have learned from, that I have gotten to walk through and consider issues of race in culture and in the church over the last several years. And so I wanted them to come and help me learn, help us learn from them and from their experience uh, with, with the things that they have faced, with the things that the African-American church has faced, both in contemporary times and historically, what can we learn from them having faced these things from a privileged position, if you're on my side of this, what can we learn from them about entrusting ourselves to our Father, entrusting ourselves to the gospel, keeping our eyes focused on Christ, even as we face suffering? So I've sent them some questions. Uh, men, thank you all for being here. Thank you all for coming alongside and helping me learn, helping uh, the people that listen to this podcast learn. I've sent them some questions just so that they kind of know, like, here are the questions that I'm thinking that I have in my mind and, and where I, I see this going. And Franklin responded back with a question that I think is an appropriate one for us to start our time with, and that is, what is your definition of suffering? Uh, and so what I said to him was, well, Peter doesn't really work with a single definition. Sometimes when he's talking at the family table and you've got servants and wives and husbands, he, he mentions specifically unjust suffering that doesn't necessarily have to do with suffering as a Christian. It's just suffering that is unjust. At other times, it's clear that he's talking about suffering because we are Christians. So somebody looking at you and saying, hey, you're a Christian, you suck, I hate you, and I'm going to make your life miserable, right? And 
But he has the same answer for both of those. Now, decidedly, what he makes clear he's not talking about is when suffering comes into our life justly. That is because we've done something dumb and we're paying the stupid tax for it. Or we've done something criminal and we're having to suffer, you know, the, the legal consequences. He's not talking about that. That's not to say that the gospel doesn't speak to those things. But that's not necessarily the purview of our conversation here today. He says, if you're going to suffer, suffer for doing good, not for doing evil. So, with that, I would love to hear how, how it is that y'all think about suffering in light of the gospel. And, and kind of, you asked me, how do you define it? I would throw that question uh, Franklin, back at you. How, how do you process through that? Okay, first, uh, thank you for allowing us the opportunity to come and uh, join in this, uh, this strong ministry. Yeah. Um, I think to establish two things first is, the, is we are one church. Right. So, and the same challenges or struggles or suffering that you endure is the same church uh, uh, suffering challenging that my part myself i endure as well mm -hmm. so um so one church and uh, i think i can only speak on my african-american experiences and i cannot speak for all african-americans experiences of suffering in, in okay. the church well so uh to keep it real and concise we all are one church so and i think what we're gonna what i want to try to establish is that we're not too far off in, in any dynamic of suffering. Then um, the second thing is um, Jesus Christ and uh, is the center of all that we are focused on. What, how do we sustain? How do we persevere? How do we overcome? It's all about the, the blood of Christ and uh, his walk in the gospel here on earth and the promises that were made in the word of God. So those two things is what I'm trying to try to establish moving forward that we can uh, offer more input about the church and the word of Christ is how we're, we focus, how we, how we regroup, how we sustain all these the challenges that have been set before us as a cultural of black people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so in that you said, I want to I ask for something here, uh, if I can interrupt your, your train of thought. You said, I can speak for my experience. Correct. Not for this whole, you know, African-American experience or, or black experience or whatever. Why is that an important distinction to make? Well, I guess two things pops up, pop up. One is that most uh, Americans feel that, that once they ask one black person, that sets the tone for the rest, all black persons. Mm -hmm. And that's unfair. Okay. And so uh, that's like me asking you about dinner and you know you're married with a family mm -hmm. and you're not going to be the one to step out and say, okay, we're going to have this. Mm -hmm. You're going to consult first before you right, move Right, right, right. So you wouldn't dare try to make a meal and prepare it and then, you know, your partner is not involved in that right, process. Right, right. And so I cannot speak on my people unless they're part of that as a group okay. as well. So, uh, and then the second thing is... Uh, it's just not, as a leader, it's just not right to step out uh, out of my lane and speak for someone else. Right. Because um, I have yet to live what they've gone through as well. Mm -hmm. And so we got to put this in context where those who are on the uh, like-minded or on the same page. Mm -hmm. I may mm -hmm. be to speak on the experiences I've dealt with those persons. Right. Persons right. I've never met of color. 
I cannot speak for them. Okay. Like, until I hear their story, I cannot speak on that story or advocate for that story. Yeah, yeah. Which, which the, the idea of narrative, the idea of story has been this huge hot button issue recently. Uh, yes. th- and that's a, that's a discussion for, for a different day that would be another fascinating discussion to have. But, but there, is, there is that validity to, well, I can't, I've got to know your story. If I'm going to be in relationship with you, if I'm going to, you know, if, if iron's going to sharpen iron, we've got to know, know the story so that we strike the right blow, so to speak. Um, and and so, so that's helpful. So do you think in that then, keeping in mind that we've got to know stories, are there trends or, or ebbs and flows or, or, or general patterns that we can look at? Perhaps maybe this is where we have to step back and look at historically uh, how people have thrived, how people have survived, how people have fought together, whatever it may be, encouraged one another. Are there patterns that we can look at even though we may not be able to speak to a singular black experience, mm-hmm. are there patterns we can look at for like, hey, here's how our community has thrived in the face of suffering in the light of the gospel? Well, I think the way that we look at suffering uh, would simply be through uh, the word of God. So obviously we have several examples in the Bible of individuals that suffered meaning number one Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. so as we look at suffering we we see suffering as we're aligned with God Uh, so Jesus had Jesus suffered when he was here he was talked about you know rejected trying to bring on something new that wasn't you know wasn't the norm Uh, so you look at him and say that's your number one piece of identification is Mm. if we're suffering then we're aligned with what God says uh, is is what his son went through. Uh, then you just look at Old Testament. Uh, Daniel, mm-hmm. he refused to bow down, so mm-hmm. he was thrown in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. So suffering, I think, I would say, you know, um, I won't say for me, but I'd say in general, suffering is something that we look at as it's uh, it's right in line with what God says. Right. Uh, so right. we're on the right path. Yeah. Uh, if you're suffering, matter of fact, <clears throat> if you're not suffering, are you really maturing? Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, and that, that's the question. I mean, even when you read Peter, he, he's like, "Hey, don't don't be surprised mm-hmm. when you suffer." Mm-hmm. But I, I know for me, and, and I think for a lot of people in in my world, mm-hmm. while we would absolutely decry the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. you know, we would reject that mm-hmm. and have. 15 theological treatises for why, Mm -hmm. when it comes to suffering, there's times where we get dangerously close to preaching something that's more like the prosperity gospel. Or if we're not preaching it, we're believing it. Mm -hmm. And we're buying into these lies that are contrary to what you're saying and what Peter says, that if you're suffering, you're walking in the steps of Jesus, so good on you. We're looking at it going, how do we make this stuff? (laughs) How do we get back to normal? Uh, Franklin, were you gonna, were you gonna? And that's my message uh, about suffering. We just not ask you that question because we, I want to get the right target. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. being through the center of Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you, you mentioned several levels of suffering mm-hmm. and uh, diff- differences in suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that Chris is, uh, just uh, commented about is we relate our suffering to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that being as a. Uh, from his word, he talks about how we may must endure mm-hmm. and persevere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also said, "Count it all joy." 
Mm-hmm. And every man has to be tested mm-hmm. and for uh, uh, his own account, mm-hmm. which great brings maturity. Mm-hmm. And I think maturity in the word and with maturity in fellowship, maturity in fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so that which means what? God gets the glory. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, we. Uh, I guess, as we were to take all of that, it's all about spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. establishing those disciplines. That's what we've been indoctrinated in my church. Okay. As being able to set those things as Christ is our cornerstone. So from that, based on his word, the evidence is based on our walk in, in Christ. Mm-hmm. Our walk in our community. Our mm-hmm. walk in our leadership. Mm-hmm. And so our dependency on our leaders was more prevalent in the early days because having so so less... Uh, uh, using the church as that center of our community, and you, mm-hmm. you touch, we get to one of those questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we can elaborate on that. The community was was that because our dependency on Christ and those men who served Christ was our greater, was our our example. Right. To, uh, and that's what kept us focused and kept us in line. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's jump into that because I mentioned in the questions that I sent you that that as an outsider, which I admittedly am, it seems that that the, the African-American church has a very strong sense of community and, and a very strong sense of community identity that, um, that, that I think, if I can, I, I think I'll, I'll speak for my church, I think we struggle with that at some level. And, and I think the, in general, the white, the, the white church in America, white, you know, American evangelical, we've got this kind of big umbrella that's really not helpful at all. Um, but I think a lot of times that, that level of community we struggle to, to kind of wrestle with. So how has that, so one, has that, and it sounds like it has been an important part of, of the story. Um, how has that helped? How has community, gospel community, how has that helped that, as y'all face suffering of various kinds and are told, as we all are, count it joy, you know, which is not, you know, like, I, can we go back to Paul or something like, forget James. Uh, you know, and as Peter says, entrust yourself to the Father, as as Jesus did. Mm-hmm. How has community played into that, or encouraged that? Well, culturally, uh, obviously, growing up, and this is general, we didn't have a lot, mm-hmm. right? So you were dependent upon your neighbor, your next neighbor, and something as simple as. Do you have eggs? Do you have sugar? Uh, so when you think about that, I, it's rooted in the community that we grew up in, mm-hmm. is that we needed one another to get through the oppression, uh, the worldly suffering that we that was that was a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. So I I think it just it starts with uh, it just started within us needing one another in our everyday lives just to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may have been, uh, you know, that could be, uh, hey, I, I need a job. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Uh, go see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that type of community, that type of commitment and uh, help for one another, I think that's where it, 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 where it, where it starts. Mm-hmm. And I, then just to add to Chris's point, um, yeah. economics, education, uh, spiritual guidance, uh, uh, and then indoctrination to well to the culture itself, as well as the identity part, was all centered around our church. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, modeling Christ 
was a challenge for most black leaders uh, because uh, the pools of the world was more prevalent in, in those communities. Uh, first signal as a young black kid was, was not a positive reinforcement. It was a negative that you are nothing, you have nothing, you will be nothing. Mm -hmm. And so tapping into God's word, identifying that you are of value, I not see you for what you are, what I what they see. I see you for more, far more than what you can do. Your potential. Mm -hmm. uh, that that gave light to tap into. Right. And so that's what our ministers uh, uh, bless their souls who were thinking as Christ was thinking. I don't see you for what I'm looking at. I see you for what you can be, what you can become. Right. And it was easier for a member for our culture to join the churches because. It was a means to an end. Mm -hmm. okay. And we jumped in and said, economics, getting the job or getting food sources. The, there was no social services uh, in, uh, in the early days with my grandparents, my great grandparents. Uh -huh. Everyone took care of each other. Right. And so we collectively brought in, the, like they say, the gifts bring them into the storehouse, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. We brought mm -hmm. those into our community and benefited from who had those things that were able to give from that point. So, so y'all were able to, to really embody what we see in the book of Acts, where <laughs> yes, it's exactly. the people that had stuff, exactly. they sold stuff and brought the money to the apostles so they could be given to people that didn't have there you are. So, So was it just, I, I hear all the time, um, somebody, you know, people will be in need, and but they, they don't want to ask. They, they don't want to, I don't want to be a burden, but yeah, and it'll be something that's like, you know, it's not like, hey, I can't, you know, make the payment on my new SUV. It's like, hey, I've got these doctor's bills or food. Yeah, you know, like it's like basic level yeah, need. And but they they see coming to the church is like, oh, I don't want to be a burden. I feel was it just the sheer weight of the necessity that that allowed that to manifest, or is or in in the black church or. or is that something that, that's a reality, too, where people are like, ah, I mean, this is where I got to go, but I don't want to go kind of thing. Does that make sense? That has somewhat evolved to what you're talking now. Cause okay. I'm thinking early, more basics. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having little uh, made us adjust our character and our, our wants is a father wanted a 40-hour-a-week a job uh, to pay to sustain his family with food on the table, roof over their head, and a nice vehicle. Right. Never desired to have a nice fat SUV. Right, right, all right. The luxuries. <laughs> right, right. So and so and we had uh, community activators or uh, agitators uh -huh. that actually went through the community. They knew every household's needs. Okay. And even though this this family with thirteen kids and the mother has never had a job and she can't read or write, we know that. As a Christian, I'm not going to let that family fail, right? Because the, uh, and the, uh, economically, he has seven boys and then uh, you know six uh, six girls. Therefore, the boys are going to be laborers, right? We can't let that family fail because the crops coming this season and so forth and so on. Right, it's right. It's all, all predictive about how we engage with one another. Okay, we all were of value to that community. So, so it was also so. I mean, it was also it wasn't just waiting. For the for someone to come and say, "Hey, frankly, can you help me out?" It was proactively looking, going, 
hey, they're about to be in a tight spot. How can we come around them? Spirit of discernment is what we look at it as. Okay, okay. We didn't realize what it was, but yeah, it's yeah. discernment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's another aspect is you think about the affirmations, uh, and I'm thinking about our ancestors, mm-hmm. which was ridic- ridiculed in the world. Mm-hmm. But when you come to the church, that's where you're feeling love. Mm-hmm. That's where people are affirming you. They're encouraging you. Yes. Um, giving you. That's where you're able to show your gifts mm-hmm. within that community. So that builds a sense of community in and of itself because here I belong. Mm-hmm. I can come here and feel like I am someone. Right. And so the right. church was the peace or the place, place of peace mm-hmm. uh, for our people. And so, you know, that, that formed a community in and of itself. That's... This already all is, is so completely <laughs> helpful and eye-opening. Uh, I, I'm so grateful that, that y'all are being I want to go back to, this, this is a little bit more basic question. It's the very first one that I sent y'all. Um, what role does or has suffering play in how the, the African-American church thinks about itself? And we've touched on this a little bit. Yeah, because I would simply go back to, uh, you know, Jesus being the high priest. Mm-hmm. And so he is, he can, he can, uh, because he's, because he's had, because he has suffered uh, and gone on our behalf, he can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, the church, that's just the way that we look at it is mm-hmm. uh, we have a high priest who has gone through these same things. And so through that lens, um, we're able to, I guess, go through those things as mm-hmm. well. Uh, mm-hmm. With his assistance, but I, yeah, it's just like a the theology of suffering. It just really starts with Jesus. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, uh, it, yeah. I mean, and and no one wants to do that, uh, but and you'll find that even today that could be the reason for a uh, I don't want to say weak Christians, but those Christians who may not have a you know a strong a strong a strong uh, spiritual life. Uh, because they haven't had to go through. You mm-hmm. know, even if you look at our ancestors, mm-hmm. Franklin and I, we hadn't had to go through as much as they have. Right. And, you know, we might not be as strong. <laughs> we know their stories. Right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the challenge is um, today's world, we we don't have to get the opportunity to sit down and talk to our, our, our children the way our parents talk with us. Right. Right, uh, and that's due to new changes in the economy, new jobs. Right, a uh, new uh, community has been broken up. Right, and we some most of us live across town or over the other side of town. <laughs> right, or way out of town. <laughs> right, right. But in the very the moments that we have family time is no longer is fifteen to forty five minutes to an hour. Then they got to get back across town to get so they can get ready to go to work. Right, and earn right. that lifestyle that they're be just accustomed to. Right. Right. Yeah, so e- even where we live in proximity to each other influences the community. Because yeah. if you're spread out, it's hard to know about that mom. With And how are we going to keep her? It's hard to be proactive and have that spirit of discernment. Because right. I see her on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and she's got everybody looking good then. So everything must be okay. Everything must be all right. You know, like. <laughs> but I, I do want to, the first question is, is Chris was right. It's about how Christ said that uh, he also had suffered. And then he also um, the world hated Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we always take it back to the Word. Mm-hmm. When things that we can't explain, things that that's not to our comprehension to that point at that time, mm-hmm. is is we look to how Christ endured the hate. Mm-hmm. 
and that was in that time with what he is described in the word in the Bible is that was a, a, a vicious hate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then there was actually uh, plots against his life daily right so much so that he seemed to be appeared to be nervous and because of the unknown mm -hmm. and so and I think we as a as a, a culture of people have felt the, that, that type of hate mm -hmm. and so therefore we have to go to the word mm -hmm. and and hopefully through that prayer and meditation that sustains us for that point to get mm -hmm. through that mm -hmm. so, uh, down with one challenge on to the next right right you know it, it really is and, and it's so refreshing to hear y'all talk about this and, and, and to be reminded of this it, it it's not a simplistic face but, but it is this sim astonishingly simple astonishingly simple faith that's like this is what jesus said would happen <laughs> like he's he was the son of god yes. and he didn't escape suffering who in the world do we think we are mm -hmm. if we think we're going to escape it what do y'all see as you as you announce this perspective as your ministers announce this perspective what do y'all see in each other's lives because I see things in, in my life and, and in people in my church's life where it's very easy to lay that out. Like, well, it's about Jesus. He suffered, so we're going to suffer, so let's have that perspective. But then there's, like, always this brick wall that we slam into, you know. So what are things that you think keep us from, because it is such a simple faith, right? Mm -hmm. But it seems so difficult to to keep hold of, you know, and to cling to. And they just, they, my dad used to load us up on scriptures. And this is like this is one that I always hear from every church we go to. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And I just stop right there. Being chosen uh, doesn't is not easy. Being uh, acknowledged as that person of choice, that person who has been identified. And uh, my one of my first books was the book of the Code of Joseph. And how his brother, he was uh, prophesied to be the leader over all those brothers. Mm -hmm. And they just threw him in a well. Right. And they're like, nope. <laughs> I mean, when they found out, oh, right. man. Before that, it was, I love my little brother. Right, 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 and right. When they found out, and it was all, everything, every day, he endured. Right. And that may, that throwing him in the well may have been refuge. Right. From what he was encountering on a day-to-day. -day. Right. So, uh, it's all on how you look at it. So yeah, I, yeah, and that's what I, I think about is how we as a people is once we are identified, and I think that's the biggest challenge with culture now is they never gonna we've never been identified, and that's the biggest thing about what's holding uh, Black America back is is we need that identity. Mm -hmm. Once we get that, mm -hmm. then you start seeing things become mm -hmm. either far good or far worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and Joseph's story really is so instructive, isn't it? I mean, the whole thing because yeah. he he tells his brothers like, "Hey, here's the dream," and they're like, "Forget that! Like, we can fix that real quick." Yeah. And then he ends up in Egypt, and and it doesn't go any better there. At least at first, you yeah. know, he's falsely imprisoned, yeah. you know, forgotten in jail, all that stuff. And then you get to the end of the story, and his perspective. Every time I read that in Genesis 50, I'm like, "No, no man!" When he looks at him and says, "Don't worry about it." Yeah, y'all meant it for evil, but God meant it for. I'm like, bro, this is where you drop the hammer on these fools. You know, what are you talking about with this great? You know, but 
But it's because he knew who his strength was. Yes. He knew whose plan he was in and that that is God's. And that it was it was God's plan working out in and through his life, not the other way around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at every level, his, his story is instructive. Yeah. And it's not simple, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not simple in the sense that it's easy. Right, 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 right. right. But the understanding of, of it, and really when you just think about, you know, that's all I have, or he is all that I have, helping navigate me through this thing called life. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, maybe there's a struggle that you're going through when you're not thinking that, <laughs> but the aftermath of um, after going through that that just keeps you stronger for the next, mm-hmm. you know, the next suffering uh, that mm-hmm. may be on the way. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not a simple piece because you ask, you know, how do you do that? So right, that's and we a have, good question. We identify ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing is is identifying the seasons. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. What do you mean by that? of going through our trials and tribulations. Okay. And so we know that, uh, you know, we suffer through the night, but, you know, in the morning, joy comes in. Uh-huh. I think everything that we're burdened with is, uh, it sets a time frame with it. We're right. just going through. Right. And it's, uh, it's like that storm analogy. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're on the road and the storm comes and a lot of people pulls over to the side of the road, but this one car keeps going through the storm. Right. As he goes a little bit further, the storm, he gets through it. Right. Everyone else is still back there stuck in the storm. Right, right. And so our, our resolve is keep going through it. You got to go through. Right. So uh, uh, even though your choices and consequences put you to the storm, but it, it takes God to pull you through the storm. Right. And that's right. what I, we look at. So the, this is my season for hardship. This is my season for... Uh, 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 stress or uh, depression. Uh, let me grab hold to how my word and get me through this. Yeah, because I'm going through it. On the other side, I know there's going to be something far better. Right. Yeah, th- just this past Sunday, we were looking at at the story in Mark four where Jesus calms the storm. Right. And and, and you know the question that they ask that the disciples ask him. It's, it's so convicting because it's so faithless. You know, because they look at him and say, do you not care that we're perishing? <laughs> like, what do you mean, do I not? That's why I'm here. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, but so often I find myself asking that same question. Do you not care? Yeah. You know, and, and I'm just like, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> you know, like, I, but again, it, you know, I love, you, you've said this multiple times. We go back to the word. Yeah. We go back to the word. Our, our dads read us the word. They they taught us when I sh- you said when I sh- every church when I show up in the church I'm going to hear this verse and it was this beautiful gospel verse that reminds us this is who your identity is in Christ. Yeah. You are a chosen nation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a people for His own possession. Correct. And and being reminded, it's like Paul says in in Romans three, you need to consider yourself dead to sin. And alive to God in Christ Jesus. So, so how has that idea of, of kind of, for lack of a better word, force feeding the Christian identity into each other, and saying, "No, oh, believe this." How, how does that help in in this process? I think asking that question, how to define your sufferings, because churches indoctrinate their people, mm-hmm. and they're they're. How we are indoctrinated, how we are conditioned, 
uh, to believe uh, or allow ourselves to see the word unfolding in our lives is based on church leadership. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and don't get convicting here. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I think that plays on every church, on the uh-huh. church itself. Yeah, universal. Uh-huh. Yes, universal church. Uh-huh. And I, that's important is because um, we all say we are children of God. Mm-hmm. But until we f- start having conversation, then there's some differences, mm-hmm. some similarities as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, what pushes us or feeds us is I want to know more. Tell me more about what you, how you, uh, how you receive that, how you perceive that and mm-hmm. receive that. Mm-hmm. And so, and then uh, I think you, you say the simple, mm-hmm. and Chris says it's not so simple. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, and I agree with both of you. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's simple in teaching. Right, yeah. right. But the yes. learning and the application is difficult. Right, right. And that's what we, we, and then we have to validate the learning and the teaching. Right. The more, if the church is learning, then you, they, the, you can see it in their behaviors changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I think that is so powerful for and, and are pleasing to every leader of the church because in God's eye, he sees that it's his kingdom is being served. But if they do something different, then that's not, that's not good on anybody. Right, right, yeah. So so it, it is simple to say, right? It's yeah. to say like, oh, well, it, it goes back to Christ. He <laughs> suffered, we suffered. What's yeah. the question, right? Super simple to say. But as, as Chris has pointed out, like, not, not so easy to believe, not so easy to practice. And you're saying... We, we've got to encourage each other. We, we, like, there's those practical steps we have to take. What are practical steps that that y'all have taken, that the black church has taken, as y'all process through this, to say, no, here's how we remember our identity. Here's how we remember and keep this perspective as we face this suffering, or, or whatever suffering it may be. What are practical things that, that y'all have seen done in y'all's churches, in your experience, that, that has helped y'all be strengthened for that? I don't, for me, it's simple as I, <laughs> it's as simple as, uh, it's the teaching of the word. I mean, uh, whether it's Sunday school, whether it's Bible study, um, I can't, I think that's, that's where spiritual discipline which is what you know we're really talking about that's mm-hmm. where the spiritual discipline starts is with you being taught mm-hmm. uh, and through that teaching um, uh, some of the practical things that that you are constantly uh, reminded of is just uh, you know daily meditation prayer uh, we're talking about solitude just mm-hmm. having that time with God to mm-hmm. where there's nothing in your way there's no phone anything just that solitude with mm-hmm. God so I think practically for me, it starts with it. Ha- it started with being brought up in the church mm-hmm. and going to those opportunities of teaching mm-hmm. uh, that were uh, uh, that were for us mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. take a part of. Okay, so just being being given the word of God on repeat. As for me, uh, I grew up around the church. I didn't grow up in the church. Okay, and I was in the church. That okay. was the difference. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed churches that are successful in serving God well, they identify uh, the word and teaching of the word of God. And then let's, to answer your question, two words come to mind, relationship and obedience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
then that's when you look at the disciplines of the of any Christian, yeah. uh, the stronger the relationship, the more sturdy or firm is the obedience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, in any struggle or pull on a person's life is he's going to identify, Lord, you said, mm-hmm. Lord, I'm trusting in your promises, mm-hmm. and Lord, I know that you said I will. Mm-hmm. And so if my actions are favorable in your favor in your sight mm-hmm. then i know your promises will be answered right my, so those are the that, that's what we look at as relationship and obedience so when you say relationship are you thinking vertical yeah. like me yeah. and god or yeah. god. A person to person okay yeah okay so so the the strengthening of that relationship and so you talk about the spiritual disciplines prayer reading your bible you mentioned solitude are there other things that that in y'all's church that that y'all are taught like Hey, this is what it looks like. This is how you strive for these things. How you how you cling to these things. I think the other one would be service. Uh, just having a service service slash servant mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know when you look at the church, the black church, uh, culturally, uh, we always have just had a a uh, we always drawn towards serving people uh, you know and, and that goes back to the community mm-hmm. going back to helping one another mm-hmm. so I think you know that piece of that service piece uh, is probably a big piece within our I think within our cultural and within our culture and then specifically for our church you know we our, jo- our doors are we our former pastor had always had a servant heart to the community mm-hmm. uh, helping the community if someone needed to uh, Part of the building for a meeting. Hey, we're open for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're, funerals. Yeah, funerals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no charges pay. for funerals. No charges for doing a wedding. Mm-hmm. So just being seeing that servants, that service spirit, uh, servant spirit. You know, growing up for me, mm-hmm. uh, just really gave me that servant heart. You know, mm-hmm. that I that I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of that plays into uh, culturally. We identify our spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And a larger percentage of our spiritual gifts in our church body is more so serving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and the acknowledgement of a of a person of a human being wants to be acknowledged as Mrs. Johnson or the 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 Jones family. Um, that's a good. It can go good or bad, but mm-hmm. in church, it does, really does well mm-hmm. to acknowledge people of their gifts. Mm-hmm. You get more push out of that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what makes the churches look so 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 prominent. Mm-hmm. But it's only like nine to twenty-five people in that church. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right, right, right. Nine to twenty-five people giving and right. serving. Yeah, and it makes it look like it's a mega church that's over there getting all these things accomplished in the community. Right, that's right. not so. It's just right. that the, they believe they trust in what God has put inside of them. And right. Once they get a chance to practice that, and they see how well God has used them for that day. Right, they want it will come every day. Right, and it can it's it's, it's 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 progressive. Right, and they want to make sure, hey, I'm serving God. So, and we always think about your good works. Right, and so you right. think about <laughs> yeah. uh, the ministry is like uh, the ministry is, is 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 like you say, it's simple, but the, it's actually getting those persons to receive that and right and, and apply it to their life. Right, right, right. Frank, I know you need to go because you got in, in just a few minutes because you got a, another appointment coming up at, uh, here shortly. But I, I, it's been, frankly, it's been humbling 
to, to be reminded again of, of what is, honestly, it's, it's basic to Reformed theology. You know, the, the theological world that I live in, if you talk, what is it? It's about the Word of God. Yeah. It's about the Word of God. You know, and it's like, but when we come to these questions, we're like, oh, well, we need, we need theological treatises on everything. You know, if I haven't read 15 books on suffering, I don't have anything to say on them. You know, and it's like, well, no, you've got the Word of God. Uh, and, and so to be reminded of that again, and to be reminded that, no, that's what has been cultivated in, in y'all as Christians. That's what was cultivated, Chris, in you growing up in the church was, it's about the Word of God. And I know your dad's involved in writing curriculum, and I mean, he's passionate about teaching the Word of God. And, and, and you said that your dad was like, this is the verse. And, and when you go to church, these are the verses. This is, these are our stories. This Bible, these are our stories. This Savior. His story is our story. What he did was for us, and it patterns our lives as well. So being reminded that it comes back to the, it comes back to the Word of God, and and letting that actually frame more than the culture does, and more than the narratives that the culture gives us, frame how we think about ourselves, how we think about each other. I mean, I, I mean, I've heard y'all over and over essentially say, well, we embody what Philippians 2 says. We consider other people more important than ourselves like Jesus did. It's like, well, isn't that a novel idea? You know, and it's like, wow, profound. Like, it's right, you know, like, it goes right there, man. Uh, uh, well, I, I want to give y'all the last word. What what are, if y'all want to wrap this up, how would y'all, you know, what's something that y'all would say? I know we haven't gotten in detail into all these questions in the time we have. I, you know, I'm sure when I sent those questions, y'all were like, what is, how long is he thinking this is going to be exactly? Um so, so what what are things that you're like? Hey, this has been left out. This needs to be this needs to be touched on. Um, I wouldn't say more than you know. For for me in general, suffering is a rites of passage. Uh, it's part of the Christian walk. It's part of the universal church walk. It's a part of the black white church walk, uh, if you would have it like that. Um, so if you're not suffering, you know you. Maybe you need to check yourself. You know how to right. If you're not being tempted, that means maybe you're not doing anything. Right. That type of thing. Right. So, just in general, I just think suffering is just a part of just a part of the journey. Right. Um, and it's just something that uh, each of us has to adapt uh, and understand that we're no different from Jesus. We're no different from Job, Daniel. We can relate so many stories to individuals who went through so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so. If you're suffering, you're in good company. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. I agree with Chris, but I got a couple more that more just kind of sticks out. Is for one, if we if we are called, if we're Christians, um, and be God forbid that a big battle comes to your town, and you are that's destructive and divisive from all saints. And I, 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 I kind of question, where were most Christians, what side would you end up on? Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because we haven't tested ourselves uh, spiritually mm-hmm. about how the world has really weighed us down or locked us into a certain cosmos of Mm-hmm. Family, friends, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, societies, or groups—what that we actually gravitate towards—and mm-hmm. uh, we justify why we involve ourselves in 
other extracurricular activities other than outside of what we study in the Word. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the that's going to be a, a real pull on society is when mm. we realize that we are at at battle at war, yeah. Mm. Yeah. and but yet we still co- cover ourselves as saints, mm-hmm. Christians, mm-hmm. godly mm-hmm. versus ungodly, mm-hmm. but we participate in the ungodly, mm-hmm. and. We justify why we step across those lines and then hop back over mm-hmm. into that moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, when are we going to get to the point to say, "I see you"? That's not right. Mm. Mm-hmm. And let me provide scripture to cover that. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. being judgmental, but. Right. According to our teachings in this big group every Wednesday and Sunday or Tuesday, whatever the day. Right. Yeah. I see you. That's not right. Right. How do we, and that's why I challenge this most leadership, how do we flip our members back into the godliness, mm-hmm. the pursuit of, of, of godliness? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that's, that's, that's going to be one of my biggest, because we think we got a lot of allies. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of members, mm-hmm. but if you you test you assess your members and test your members, yeah. uh, I think you may realize how many you really have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How many? Yeah. How many? Uh, <laughs> how many individuals are willing to have a righteous anger when something comes up? And we're standing right. for Christ. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And how that's many people are we willing to stand up for? Right, this brother or sister, yeah. no matter. Right, yeah, yeah, skin yeah, color. yeah. Uh, but yeah. specifically of a, another skin color. Right. When it really comes down to it, would you have a righteous anger for, for that individual? Right. Or against it. Right. And how do yeah. That response. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's been that's been pulled. It hasn't. It's been touched on, but it hasn't been pulled. It's, yet. it's, it's <laughs> been it's been a real question here lately. It's been and a that, real question here lately. I, I, I like I love the the now the, the ten thousand versus uh, and the three hundred. Uh huh. And uh, everyone shows up with 10,000. Mm-hmm. But in reality, God only wants to deal with 300. Right, right, right. Like, we're getting out of place to saying that we're God or we're like God. Right, right, and right. He wants us to identify him as the uh, his sovereignty yeah. and his power yeah. over all people. So. He, he, is, he is the chief, <laughs> not, not us. Well, let me pray for us to, to close us. I thank you again, guys, for, for being here. Father, we thank you for the faith that you have given us. We thank you that you have drawn us to yourself, that your spirit has applied to us the finished work of Christ, that he indwells us and strengthens us. We pray, Father, that as we've heard and been encouraged from these brothers today, that that we would continually go back to your word, believe what it says, believe what it says about who we are, about who you are, about how things in this world are, that it might be the lens through which we see our lives. Father, I pray for Franklin and Chris. I pray that you would bless them and strengthen them to continue in the faith that you have worked in them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.